Let me see if I can do it. <clears throat> black as midnight, black as pitch, blacker than the foulest witch. I'm Sasha Chambers, and this is Eating After Midnight, a podcast where me and my best friend, Amy Rivers, reheat movies from our childhoods to see if the leftovers have retained their flavor or leave a bad taste in our mouths. It's also about how these movies influenced, inspired, and shaped us. Whether the ideas they cooked up and fed us nourished our bodies and minds, or just rotted our teeth and clogged our mental arteries. Amy and I are not film scholars, but we do have a genuine love of movies as well as a beautiful friendship that spans 26 years and counting. We are joined today by someone else who has known us for every one of those 26 years. Alex Martin has returned. Yay! Welcome, Alex. Hello, I'm so happy to be back. Thank you for having me back. Although I may never forgive you for making me watch this movie again. Okay, (laughs) off the bat, we're going to have to talk about this. I was really excited when we decided to watch this film. I went to Amazon and it was included in Prime. And I was like, oh, that's very cool. I don't have to pay for it, right? And oh, wait, we didn't even tell the movie that we're watching. We're watching (laughs) (laughs) Legend, everybody. We're talking Legend. (laughs) We're not wasting a minute. We're not wasting a minute. So yes, okay, one second, calm down, Rivers. We've watched Legend, 1985, 86, 87. We'll discuss why that is. <laughs> different years. Directed by Ridley Scott, starring Tom Cruise, Mia Sarah, and da-da-da, Tim Mabu. Curry. Tim Curry. So yes, so Alex and I watched this from the UK, Vienna, respectively, and it was on Amazon Prime for free. I was really excited about it. And then it started. First thing that hit me was where the fuck is Tangerine Dream? And like, it bought, it was this weird soundtrack. And then I immediately found out that, oh, fuck shit, fuck no, this is the European version and it is horrific. Mm-hmm. It's I and and I personally could not watch it past the first scene. <laughs> the first scene happens, and I basically said, "No, this is not happening in my world." I texted Sasha very dramatically. I told her, "Oh my God, girl, do you have a minute? I am so distressed." She thought that she thought there was something was wrong with the baby, and it was no. It was the version of Ridley Scott's legend that I grew up with, I don't know if I can get, and I was troubled. I did not have your similar uh, uh, remembrance of the film. It had been so long since I'd seen it. You know, I vaguely remembered it Cynthia, but I thought, okay, maybe not. And so I sat down and watched 113 minutes of utter gack and this is a movie I loved as a kid. This was like high art to my eight-year-old mind. So that 
long ass version with the kind of light classical music was so terrible to endure for me. It's absolutely horrible. It's it's really like I only watched about like I said, I watched the first scene and then I watched a little bit of when Mia Sara like goes and talks to Nell. Mm-hmm. And the dialogue is really on the nose. Um, and then it has Jerry Goldsmith is the one. Jerry Goldsmith, is that his name? Yeah, I believe so. He did the soundtrack. And it basically is like a Disney film soundtrack. Oh, my God. Killed the vibe. I can't imagine this film without a synth- synthetic pipe flute. The synthesized it- pipe flute is everything to this film. Like, I, I, was, I was telling the ladies, like, I was pumped. I was in my room, the lights were off. It goes from this movie is rated PG, it fades to black. And then I immediately to myself, I'm going, (laughs) and if that had not come in and joined me, I would have, I would have really thought that like the world had imploded on itself, that darkness had won, the unicorns are dead. Tangerine dream is no more. You know, it really, and that's what happened to us. That's what happened. Well, that's what happened. To I know. You. I'm sad that that happened to you guys. I, and I am. I'm sl- so slow on the uptake that I made it all the way to the end credits. And I thought the only time I thought about the time was I thought I could have sworn there was a power ballad in this. Like it's an 80s fantasy movie. There's got to be a power ballad at least in the credits, and there was none. So I thought, okay, there so has to be something weird. wrong. So yeah, it was like a little like folk song in the credits. So my issue is with Ridley. Mm. Ridley. Ridley. I don't know why. I don't know why Ridley. You have to make seven versions of every movie. Well, it seems like Ridley. Ridley has had a hard time with self confidence <laughs> uh, because I I read an article because I didn't know that there were like nineteen alternate versions. That said, there were some things in the version that I watched. Where I was like, that I do not remember. Mm-hmm. I distinctly do not remember that. Um, but apparently, his brother Tony Scott was like really his bar for whether his shit was good or not. And even after, yes, even after it panned in front of test audiences, he was like, no, no, this is still good. This is legit. Tony saw it and was like, make it shorter. And apparently if that's, if that's, if Tony said, make it shorter, that means this film is garbage. And that's what shook him to his core and was like, okay, I'll just keep changing this and I'll keep changing that. And I'll keep changing this. It's like, but the studio gave you the money, Ridley. Yeah. Well, I read it, I read an interest I read an interesting article talking about Ridley Scott about this movie. And it it posed the question like why do we all think Ridley Scott's so great when he has actually made more crap than good stuff? Like, you know, yes, there's Alien in there, you know, for example, Blade Runner. But then there's a whole lot of legend and the like. <laughs> Okay, so we, we already disagree on that. But <laughs> the, the issue is, is that Ridley Scott's films that are good are mm-hmm. so good. Ridley Scott's one of my favorite directors. And I love the movies that he's done. The ones that you've just mentioned, Alien, Blade Runner, um, Legend. These are my favorite films. Um, and Gladiator was pretty fucking good too. But I am... A little upset with you, Ridley. You have 
do so many different versions because what happens is you never know what you're gonna get like mm. the, the chocolate box like you don't know which one's gonna have the orange you know you're just like oh you're eating and it's like oh this one's coconut this sucks yeah you know and and this is case in point what happened to us last night I was so distressed that I didn't have I don't dream, dream version I have to imagine that maybe I don't know where I didn't bother to check to see where legend lands in Ridley Scott's filmography if he was very busy at the time or high on himself at the time but from what I've read this just feels like they had so many what they thought were great ideas and then didn't really properly refine what they were going to use and not use because I read that in an alternate version of the script that could have made it but didn't thank fucking god it didn't <laughs> so apparently when lily sees the unicorns and pets them mm -hmm. they hit the unicorn not with a poison dart but with a crossbow when they hit the unicorn with the crossbow i guess it's horn or something scrapes her and then several scenes later a la la fly she starts to sprout hair out of said scrape turns into a beast and it is discovered by jack and the other fairies for rescue while she and darkness are fucking their faces off as a were as a unicorn yes it wouldn't be the fantasy film of my childhood anymore but um i feel like that has legs <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, four, no, four or eight, depending <laughs> on how you're looking at the scene. Yeah. So there is the European version that poor Alex suffered through. There's the theatrical American version that mm -hmm. is what we watched, Sasha and I watched. Now, Alex, did you watch that version? Did I did. I did. I went back and watched that today. Um, which is I, I remembered the synth and the, yeah. Yeah, which is the one we grew up with. So that's the one we're going to talk about the most now. Mm -hmm. And then there is another director's cut and that one's even longer. And from what I understand, it goes into like the philosophy of like humans are evil a little deeper, whatever. Ridley, like it, just leave it be, you know, it's like, you don't need to try so hard. You're very talented. <laughs> <laughs> you know just because i know he's listening and i feel like the same i feel like the same could be said about damn near every performance in this film of the major players with the exception of my boo you can't really play the devil too big no. right so no. and and he just is perfection tim this is yet another tim curry is perfection he is always perfection and that's oh yeah that's he luxuriates goal. in every single word oh, and it so still works the european version doesn't show tim curry in the first scene no no it's just the voiceover it's just his voice which like not having the impact of that um, amazing makeup that you know who i don't know who the makeup guru rob botten I think you're right. Yeah, because it is amazing. All oh, of the yeah. is amazing. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. And Tim Curry, like, just the lip curls. It's funny. Oh, yeah. You say over the top or big, I actually think he's so subtle, like, comparatively to some of the other roles that he's done. Like, it's just that he can have, like, the curl of a lip, and it has more power in it than, you know, 
people spouting monologues and doing so much extra work. Like Tim Curry just is such a master. Well, and to pull that off in that makeup, although, I mean, again, exquisite makeup, the way he could still move his face and articulate was amazing. Which you know, Amy but, was telling me was apparently extraordinarily uncomfortable that he like lost his shit one day and started pulling it off and skin came with it. Apparently, yeah, they had to they had to not film with him for like 10 days or something. They took a mold of his eyeball. A mold oh, of his no. eyeball to what? make those giant full full contacts. And if they didn't feel right, he said they would just scrape around until they sat right. What the living shit? Are you kidding me? So if I, as an actor, went through that and then saw the European version where my fucking face wasn't even... Uh, for what? For why? Did I just go through what I went through? I would murder Ridley Scott in his sleep. In that murder. version, they don't even... You don't even see him till the latter half of the film. He's all voiceover until then. Yeah! Painful. Because, because the importance of him seeing him in that first scene with his mm -hmm. mother darkness monologue is that it sets this dark dreamy scary glitter filled tone, glitter filled <laughs> tone i'm sorry the amount of glitter i just cannot oh, get past but i'm sure we will talk so about it i'm much. sorry i'm sorry we're actually we're actually calling this two-part movie month um glitter tales because ah! between <laughs> labyrinth and legend all of our ozone problems, all of the issues yes. <laughs> for, for today stem from there. Our generation Certainly. has a coating of glitter on the inside of our lungs because we were alive when they made this movie. Yes. <laughs> there is so much fucking glitter. I, I mean, I see why eight-year-old me loved it. Between this movie and Labyrinth, there's more glitter in Labyrinth, but... oh. That's not saying much. It's not. <laughs> Maybe like three pounds more. In the ballroom scene alone in Labyrinth, 76 mm -hmm. pounds of glitter were used on the walls. So the I thought that anyone could find a way to use 76 pounds of glitter is really disturbing to me. Um, but you're right. That, that opening scene with Tim Curry just giving so much boredom and, and just, ugh so hard to be the devil and <laughs> it's so good and it sets up the mood so well did we need the conceptual art student scroll at the beginning <laughs> of the film did actually we need that? trust me you do because it's not in the european version and you just jump into the forest there's not even the tim curry uh bit in the castle you see the forest and then it goes to him Oh. Uh, so you have no context whatsoever for this world that they drop you into, where apparently also no one is from the same place. I'm sorry. No <laughs> one had the same accent. <laughs> the thing about rewatching Legend and Labyrinth for me is like it's it's making me feel like I was an idiot child because <laughs> there's like seriously like so many obvious things that happened in in Labyrinth. And then again in Legend where I was like, how did I never notice that? Was I just so taken by the darkness, no pun intended, of hmm. the, the the cinematography and the makeup and the idea of this like mystical magic world? Because it never occurred to me that the devil, darkness, first of all, that his name was darkness because now I'm old and watch shit with subtitles. First of all, <laughs> that his name was darkness and that he represented night. 
and that the enemy is day. It never occurred to me until this watch as an adult. And then I had to have this idea. I had this idea where I was like, does he have this conversation with Mother Knight? Knightly? Is this a thing that happens every single <laughs> night? Is this Groundhog Day in, in hell? Where he's like, she comes back to torment me the day. <laughs> Mother night, why? Every night? Yeah. Is it every night, you know? Like, Although I, in that speech, I thought he was talking about the unicorns were no, back. He's talking about the unicorns. He's, he's, well, saying, he's saying he forgot about the unicorns, but she's coming back. And it was like, the sun is rising. Ah. That's the deal. Every day the sun rises and he has to go. Oh. And he's sad. Oh. Sad demon guy. <laughs> sad. So Alex. Yes switched up our format a bit just because Ooh. if we don't we end up recording for 19 hours and <laughs> editing for 16 days and then we don't get our episodes out on time so we i understand so we have some questions for you hmm. that we will ask oh okay sasha uh-huh would you like to go first or should i sure. go first so on that note was there any because I have a lot of them was there anything in this movie where you were like how did I never notice that how as a child or in my many watches of this did I never recognize this very obvious thing uh the the first thing that comes to mind and you're going to have to forgive my language in advance because I wrote this word all over my notes I did not realize as a child what a fucking cunt Lily is. Thank and you. granted, granted, this was much more obvious in the much longer version because she really has many more opportunities to be utterly insufferable and terrible and unredeemable. Uh, so granted, I viewed the, the version we grew up with then through the long version lens. So, so definitely, I did not realize how horrible that character was and and how much i should have completely disliked her and the other thing was the ring i did not realize until i was yesterday years old that the ring that she throws because she's a bitch uh is actually day and night split in two <gasps> i didn't notice that until right yeah now. it's it's half a sun and half night it is dude i want that ring now yeah no i that was in a detail i kind of went oh well that's not bad i did not realize and and sasha's going to agree with me here that she was a princess until mm. yesterday now mind you i knew she was something mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i knew but for some reason i thought it was like labyrinth like she dressed up in fancy clothes yeah but then when you watch the european version it's like i said it's super on the nose and they mm -hmm. call her a princess mm -hmm. and this time around i did notice <laughs> that um nell says oh royalty's visiting mm -hmm. i just say that i had that opposite reaction when i was growing up i was not team lily and this time I was team Lily. I did not, I don't think that she was a 
C-word. I thought that she was just a young girl. Like, and I remember when I watched it when I was younger and I was like, she's so horrible. Like she, it's her, all her fault that she did this and she's teasing poor Jack and like all of the things that you probably hear, like, <laughs> like this is what she does. I was actually like, she's a young girl. She, you know what I mean? Like I, I was a lot more forgiving at 40 yeah. than I was at, you know, eight. Because I was much more empathetic to things like, for example, when she drops Nell's laundry, you know, Nell is just trying to fold her laundry, you know, take it off the line, you know, Lily runs by and drops the line like, oh, isn't that sweet and cute and terrible to do to awful. somebody. Absolutely awful. I'm, I'm with you right there, Alex. Like, I liked Lily when I was a kid and growing up and watching this movie and then on this watch i was like god she's so annoying i didn't see the european version so i don't know <laughs> if i'd throw the c-bomb at her but i don't doubt you um and also too i i wasn't on board with mia sarah's performance mm. until we're in the castle until we're in the castle and she's in full distressed you know wardrobe and the hair is all everywhere I am so irritated by just about every single scene that she's in. And I don't know if it's her or the editing. Now mm. that I know that they just went in like Edward Scissorhands and try to make something out of the footage that they had. Every, her beats, her, her beats are so fast. They come so fast on top of each other that I'm like, how does her, how does this character's brain work? How does she just go from, what have I done? I'll make it right. It's just like, she's like, yeah. she's almost schizophrenic in that mm -hmm. way where it's just like, what? You didn't even have a moment to process the last sentence you said before you've gone 180 yeah. in terms of the emotional direction that you're heading. And then also, too, with her character, what were they trying to say when she sees the frost on the clock? Is there something in the European version where she has magic herself? Because there was no reason for her to have any kind of precognitive abilities to see that that was weird some, some bit of disjointed foreshadowing i guess but it, but there was nothing extra there in the european version to to flush out that moment yeah i would say in the very beginning the moment i found her very redeemable is when she's talking to nell and nell's basically like you shouldn't be here anymore you should be at the palace you should be doing all that stuff and she has a a moment where she says this is there's more magic here than any other palace like there's a, a a sweetness to her there is right like and and that moment i think is very nice with that her. moment is great but it's immediately followed up by one of the worst edited moments of the film where she's like you know yeah this this place has more magic you live a very rich life and all and then there's these tender looks exchanged between the two of them and then all of a sudden she's tearful i have no time for this today one of Amy's favorite lines. <laughs> not only one of my favorite lines, but I say it all the time. <laughs> I have no time for this today. All right. Is it my turn for a question? It is your turn. Is Tom Cruise bad in this? Ooh, not a simple answer, I think, because first, I mean, I was shocked to learn that this was after Risky Business and before Top Gun. So somehow with this under his belt, he still managed to get Top Gun because that <laughs> the character is so far afield of anything else he's done or did or, or anything. And I think he is perhaps in part the victim of bad direction. 
because he has this kind of breathy thing going on the whole but lily but i love you but lily you know, and it's this breathy weird thing he, you know where he's just kind of uh i don't know how to describe it but it's it's such a caricature yes that i think he's fallen victim to being the like the forest child and the acting got lost in that a bit I was, yeah, you're so right, Alex. I was desperately trying to figure out what animal work are you trying to incorporate <laughs> into this character? Because we're not quite a squirrel. We're definitely not a bird, but we're not an act like a large mammal either. But these eyes that are darting everywhere and this breathy tone, and then ultimately too, this terrible wardrobe thing that happens to him with this gold awkward length cocktail dress the entire thing once i saw i could not unsee that this was Alyssa edwards the drag queen on a bag night out of makeup <laughs> that was all the that was the facial expressions like short of the tongue click this was Alyssa edwards looking real rough and i couldn't i couldn't unsee it i couldn't unsee it and then also too I loved this character. I thought that 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 Jack was such a great character growing up and watching it this time I was like you too are super fucking annoying especially when he takes her to see the unicorns because <sighs> this is where shit really starts to piss me off. This poor girl, annoying as I find her, is raking herself over the coals for being responsible for fucking with the unicorns, okay? Now look, and, and ruining the world, right? and ruining the world, in fact. Okay. Now he decides for love that he's going to bring Lily to see the unicorns. He blindfolds her and brings her to this little wooded area. And where she ducks. Where she, right. And now blindfolded. Exactly. Blindfolded. While blindfolded. I was like, this is a precarious journey to be doing blindfolded, but she's doing pretty well for a princess. <laughs> and she takes off through the brush towards the unicorns. And he's like, Lily, no. Don't, don't. But he never goes after her to stop her. So that that really upsets me that she goes through this. No one tries to stop her. And then when the shit hits the fan and he and she comes back and he's like, you've risked your immortal soul. It is known. Like, no, it ain't, motherfucker. Clearly not. <laughs> she wouldn't have done it if you had told her. Not so much as a mind the gap. I have shopping bags that tell me not to put them on my head, but her boothang couldn't be like, so here's the dealio. I'm gonna take you to see some really magical shit. <laughs> but we look with our eyes, we do not touch. Because if you do, the universe will implode on itself and darkness will reign forever, okay? Entonces, mira, no se tocas. Okay, like, I mean, like, languages. he could have done it, but he didn't. And then somehow this is her fault? Bullshit. Well, I, I, I gotta disagree with you a little bit there because the burden ultimately falls on her as the one who goes, why can't I touch it? I want to touch it. I'm going to go touch it, even though he's saying, don't do it. It's forbidden. Don't do it. Like, she's a grown-ass woman. Well, he could have told it her It could be enough to say, don't she's do it. She's supposed to be a teenager. She's supposed to be like... Okay, fair enough. Teen pops. And mind you, let's just put this out there. Her touching the unicorn is not the thing that ruins everything. She distracts the unicorn, maybe, 
but Blix is the one who shoots the mm. yeah. So it really but for me, it was the sheer entitlement of the character throughout, oh, and that was such a huge example. <laughs> oh, certainly at that moment where she was like, "I wanted to touch one. What's the harm in that?" Right. You didn't see how shit went sideways, and now the sky is changing, and it's getting real cold. Right. Obviously, some harm. Whether you went, it's never the intention; it's the result. Lily, mm. we're learning. <laughs> we're learning now. Okay. <laughs> But he's annoying. He's mm -hmm. really annoying, Jack. So, you know, even growing up, and I am a Tom Cruise fan, but I've never been hot for Cruise. Mm. Um, but even when I was younger, I didn't like him in this. Like, he just always looks confused. And uh, style-wise, like his clothes, like his hair, like be short, be long, make a decision. Like, yeah. A terrible ponytail. But yeah, I just feel like he's kind of, overacting i think you're probably right i think it's probably directed wrong but it's just like a he's miscast and he's just confused all the time and he's affected it's what you were saying before he's affecting something it was mm. like god if he just would have played this straight like the confident guy that we all know tom cruise is you know because tom cruise whether you like him or not he's effortlessly a movie star he's mm -hmm. like he's effortless on film and there's something mm -hmm. fantastic about that. I feel like if he would have done that, maybe he would have been a different kind of character and not so like innocent babe in the woods mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Would have been a little more palpable. Certainly as, as a champion, because they ask you to both believe that he's this kind of innocent, free, pure soul of the woods, but also this great champion who will vanquish darkness forever. And one thing you do see in the European cut is a lot more of, uh, frankly, what fuck ups this group are. That they're they're you know they are not you know special skills, elite force. They are bumbling and failing. And like the the interaction with uh, Meg Mucklebones, for example, much longer. First of all, her European name is Meg. Group. Yeah, her name is Meg. <laughs> She's scariest. Fuck though. Mm -hmm. She's amazing. And I'm just happy to know that her name is Meg. <laughs> of all the things a swamp witch could be called, Meg. <laughs> her name's Darlene. <laughs> Trish. <laughs> oh my day. All right, Sasha, over to you. Next question. Okay. So, similar to just discovering that her name is Meg. <laughs> I was also yesterday years old when I discovered, and this again made me feel like an idiot child because I was like, how, how did I understand the trajectory of the film moving forward? So, you know, when he goes to apologize to the unicorn, for mm -hmm. me, that scene was always just about him apologizing to the unicorn. He's crying, right? Mm -hmm. and she, she's glowing lighter. Did it occur to either of you that the unicorn whinnied the mission to him? Because he walks away from that and goes to the fairies and is like, we have to find a champion. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to get the alicorn back. And if we can get the alicorn back, everything will be fine. It's like, mm -hmm. you didn't know that walking in. So the unicorn just whinnied that to you, which I guess makes sense because he's a forest child. So he can communicate with creatures. But I literally never registered that. And now I'm like, how did I think that the film was moving forward? <laughs> like, where did that come from? Can I just say, it's 
probably one of the best scenes of the film. I mean, this is where it's like, is Tom Cruise bad in this? Because him and like the way he's looking at the unicorn and the mm-hmm. way he says sorry and his tears in his eye and the beautiful scene with the unicorn like um on the ground and the mare going around him oh it's so gorgeous it really it feels is. yeah it feels like they left him alone to what alex mm. is saying like he wasn't directed they left him alone and just let him do what he does because it really is his most grounded scene. There's none of this like weird squirrel eye shit going on. He's mm-hmm. in the moment. He's he's interacting with this unicorn and and apparently receiving the mission. Um, but yeah, I didn't I didn't get that. Did you guys know that? Did you no. know that? No, not until even this last viewing. So the second viewing I did within the last 24 hours, and it was only then. And even then, I didn't. It makes much more sense that she whinnied it because I thought it was some telepathic thing. <laughs> but based on earlier when when i don't know if it's in both versions but there's they have a whole conversation about speaking different animal languages that is not in the u.s not ah okay so they yeah there's a scene earlier when they're in the woods together and uh he's talking about speaking fox but speaking finch is harder and and yeah how he can speak to different animals it was just it was another one of those moments though where while really actually beautifully done and it's uh, sasha as you said it's a grounded moment for him i was so distracted by all the fucking glitter so much glitter so much glitter there's glitter all over his face the snow is at least half composed of glitter and so there he is having an emotional moment and there's all this fucking glitter all over his face (laughs) just yeah why and it's everywhere, every single character. We have black glitter for darkness and the white glitter for the good guys, but it's everywhere. Oh, I was extraordinarily distracted and went in a rabbit hole of my mind of like, did they do this to her whole body or just her face? I was like, really? Ah. When Una becomes big and she tries to charm him into believing that she is Lily, mm-hmm. there's this like opalescent mm-hmm. like, eyeshadow. It looks like they just smeared eyeshadow all over her. And I was like, did they do every corner of her? Because that would be distracting for me if they then caught her shoulder in the same light and it wasn't opalized as well. Right. <laughs> I'm so sure distracting. Did. Yeah. I'm sure they Oh, did. I, I 100% agree with you. <laughs> the oh details God. in this movie are very rich. So I am mm. very sure that they opalescenced her whole body. Well, the, I read that this was the largest makeup crew ever at the time ever assembled for a single project. That they just wow. had, you know trailers and trailers because for example all the principal characters needed at least three makeup artists yeah so they had just an army of makeup people working on this you know so they were so detail oriented and but a a critique i read that i think is dead on is they were absorbed they were consumed by the set and the world and the costumes and the makeup and the character work and the story got lost as much as I love this movie, it's absolutely true. But I think for this movie, it is all those other elements mm-hmm. that I deep dive into and like live for. Mm-hmm. But I know that what you're saying is true. As much as I love the movie, I know that you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but can I say there is not one computer generated anything in this film. There's very no- true. Everything is okay. And that brings me to the thing where I was like, what the fuck did I just see? So 
when Lily is in the castle and she's like in all, she's fully distressed and she becomes seduced mm. by the, the black figure dancing, right? Which mm -hmm. is my favorite scene in this movie. It's so good. And, and, and Mia Sarah is a good dancer. She's a lovely dancer. In my mind, in my memory of watching this, the transition from Mia Sarah as uh, Lily as the princess to Lily as now the, the woman in all black was subtle. They're spinning, they're spinning, and then all of a sudden she's the woman in all black. Has it always been, has there always been some weird flash of green around her before she, exactly before she transforms? Okay, so I saw some weird fucking version where they're dancing, they're dancing, and then there's this like flash of green light, and then all of a sudden she's the woman in black. And I was like, that, what the fuck was that? Ridley, Ridley. <laughs> What are you doing, Ridley? It ruined Hello. it. It ruined it for me because the magic of that scene was always that it was just like, turn, turn, turn. And now we've just turned into another person. There's no she does a, fucking a, flash of green light. Uh, um, she like closes her, she does a-, a Yes. I don't know the dance. Yes, that's what happens. Clothing. She wraps her in her arms and then she becomes, that did not happen in the version I watched. How okay. many versions are there? I'm telling God you. God damn. Because that bothered the living shit out of me. I was like, this is not the magic that I remember. Something's Stop itching it. Ridley. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, see, it, it is really upsetting because you you have this love for this movie when you're growing up and like a moment like that. And you're absolutely right. Next to the unicorn moment, this is the best moment of the movie. And, and you know, and we're we're gonna put any any scene with um uh, Tim Curry outside of this, but it's one of the best moments of the movie. And for it to be ruined for you, I'm very sorry. I will send you the link to the right version. Thank you, because that was tantamount. That was like Trader Joe's level disappointment where it's like you go expecting that product on the shelf and then they just fix a thing that's not broken and take mm. it away. Like, what the fuck? Why? Oh my God, I knew I wasn't crazy. Well, no. not for that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so my question is about iconic lines oh. because there are some really it, in spite of the fact that um it is kind of choppy there are some really iconic lines in this film mm. so what's your favorite line that you can remember um go oh uh all of the ones that come to mind are blixes i'll do it in the voice maybe innocent maybe sweet but ain't half as nice as rotting meat so good <laughs> fucking good so good thank you <laughs> i love all those rhyming conventions yeah that they do what's hilarious is that as much as it's fantasy world mm. language there will be suddenly randomly like something very modern because my favorite demon is the guy with the bucket head like when he dies he says like adios amigos <laughs> And you're just like, where did that come from? And there's a couple he, other ones, right, Sasha? He also says, which I didn't see until this recent watch, when they are, when Blix has decided that he's going to be the new, like, Lord of the Universe with his mm -hmm. unicorn horn and, like, do things like, make the fire bigger. I'm going to push that chair. I'm like, yeah, you really light the world <laughs> on fire, Blix. Um, 
and he starts talking about other one gets a, that guy gets a hold of it. Blunder is his name, right? Blunder gets a hold of it and starts talking. About, I am the, the the master of the universe now, whatever. And then darkness shows up and grabs him. And when he grabs him, he goes shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I never heard a swear word in this before. He fucking says shit. I wasn't sure if I had misheard that because I didn't see the subtitles, but I could have sworn he said shit. He says shit, and it's hilarious. <laughs> Almost as almost as hilarious as well my okay so I have two two favorite lines that have stuck in my head and they're really random ones. One is when same when Blunder is like we're out in the same fix you know we are all you know barbecue and then oh, yeah. Screwball goes barbecue for some reason just that barbecue that has stuck in my mind and also Meg Mucklebones when he's like you and again Jack why are you calmly discussing anything with Meg? Okay, she's fucking crazy, all right? She's crazy. She comes up from the deeps and she's scary as fuck. Um, and he's like, what, you, you don't intend to eat me, ma'am, do you? Oh, indeed oh. I do. That, the way she is so funny to me. Oh, indeed I do. Yes. <laughs> do it. Do it, Meg. Do it. What's funny to me, though, about that, real funny to me about that scene when Darkness shows up and is like, you know, you guys are talking mad shit and I heard you. And here Where are his horns? Where are his horns? It's nighttime. So this was something that I was very confused about. I was like, why does he have to send an army of goblin toadies? He is darkness. He is night. Why can't he run these midnight errands more efficiently on his own? And he comes out like shrouded up like he's afraid paparazzi are gonna catch him like all of that makes no sense I'm like i don't understand this you can leave but you don't leave maybe he's just making his minions do it for him because he's literally well, wearing seven inch platform shoes well something that i that i remarked on about darkness is that he is so quintessentially male that it mm. would make sense that he would send someone else to do his errand for indeed, him. Indeed, indeed. Inspiration like, through okay. delegation. Starting yeah. with the very first conversation he has with Blix, he does my most least favorite male tendency. Anyone who's listening to this, feel free to write in, okay? Because I'll <laughs> prove it in my response to you. You can't ask a man more than one question at a time. You will only get one answer. <laughs> this is a fact. This is a fact of men. You cannot do this. And in the opening scene, Blix is like, where should I look? What should I do? And like, what do they look like? And where should I look? And he sticks the horn on his head and then responds with, there's only one type of bait that you can... He never tells him where to look. He asks him where to look. And what are they look? Never responds to the question. And it drives me batshit fucking crazy. He whines to his mother. <laughs> can't run his own errands and when he finally gets lily in a conversation he's like i just want you to sit and talk with me and then she's mm -hmm. like no and he has a fit and tells her to shut up i want you to sit and talk with me she goes no silence what do you want also you a want? longer scene <laughs> in the european version <laughs> oh I'm also sure. makes much more sense does it okay yeah because i was like no. this guy he's just such a dude Oh, yeah. No, but in the European version, that scene is much longer. They're talking for much longer. And he's really pretty much going like, hey, I just want to sit and talk to you. Hear your thoughts. Seem like an interesting person. Let's have a conversation. 
Like it was to the point where you were kind of going like, well, he's not being unreasonable. You know, like, but so quintessentially dude in that she doesn't really say anything about herself but when she expresses an interest in something he's into he pops a woody like immediately oh, oh yeah with the, you want to kill you, you unicorn? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so male so male ridiculous oh the black glittery food <laughs> my favorite line would have to be and and i chose this line last night look Ugly one horn mule. Ah. <laughs> That's a good one. That was a good one. Fantastic. There is one thing that does drive me completely insane. And we remarked on this on a different movie that we recently uh, reviewed on a different podcast, Amy. It's just no one's ever actually cold. And that drives me insane. <laughs> that drives me in. <laughs> how not cold they are <laughs> in knee-deep snow with their knees out bare ass thighs no gloves just cruising this is true there's there's not so much as a like burr from anyone yeah homeboy throws on like a fur yeah homeboy being tom cruise being jack he he's like given something to cover up and then conversely, they don't respond to what would have to be the blistering heat of darkness's lair. Like there's just no response to temperature, <laughs> but it's such a vital part of the film. That drives me nuts. Ooh. All right, your question's up. Oh, oh, is it my turn to, to ask another question? Yeah, yeah. Is anyone else on this watch super irritated by Una? I've never liked Una. Amy, I'm with you. I never liked her. Like, and I never I, liked her, but now I really didn't like her. Well, because she tries to fuck everything up. Like, I know that fairies have, like, a, a dark side to them or, or, or a selfish side to them. Mm. In this, like, ugh, I hated Una. And, and I mean, I'm just going to be terrible here. She's got a weird face. <laughs> She's got little 80s hair going Ooh. on. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you can't talk shit on her face. Like they put opalized makeup, they smeared her in eyeshadow and then put those crazy contacts in. Yeah. I'm sure she, you know. She's probably like 16 too. So I really shouldn't be making fun of her. But anyway, the point is, is that I've never- Or 60, I wondered about Gump. I was like, is that a grown ass man? Cause it doesn't, cause he doesn't act like a child. That's not a child acting. And if it is where, what else has he been in? And the voice. Like, yeah. The way he uses his voice does not sound like a child. No, no. That that actor was disturbing to me on this Ooh, watch. Yeah. I couldn't figure it out and I didn't even look it up. I was like, oh, I'm not going to look it up. It's too weird for me. Anyway, <laughs> I can accept that that's Gump. It's what it is. <laughs> the one Una scene that really bothered me in one of the moments was when they're in the jail and she's like, I'll go get the keys if you give me a kiss. Mm. So she glamours him and the rest of them are just like looking on for the kiss they're falling over themselves it's a little weird it is. Yeah. and mm. you wonder if some of them might go like yo like don't do that to him just go get the keys or right Jack, just fucking kiss her like either way i mean like they but no they're just all like looking like really eyeballing you know this this kind of intimate moment between them um, but yeah, Una, I'm not, I'm no, no big fan. No big mm. fan. 
Yeah. And also to the part. So I always get really would get really stressed out when Una flies up the shaft to go and <laughs> get Screwball to like do the thing with the uh, <laughs> with the sunlight against the, the shield. Are they shields? Are they bowls? What are those? They're things? plates. They're plates. They're giant there's, there's, plates. Yeah, there's the scene when they're throwing them down in the kitchen from mm -hmm. from the shelves, and and I their plates are serving platters or or something who's like eating? that. Who's eating there? Besides, that's my thing. Is like who does who's he inviting to dinner parties? He's so bored, right? He's so bored that he has to to, to kidnap a child from the forest to try to convince her to hang out with him. But he's got service for twelve at least, if not more. It doesn't make any sense. But what really pisses me off is it's so stressful when she, once Una gets to the top of the shaft and Screwball has passed out. <sighs> she has the strength to shake him. Then bitch, pick the thing up. She tries. She, uh, she does either way. She should have been able to pick it up. It finally fucking pissed me off. I was but like, also the whole method in which she was trying to wake him pissed me off. It's yeah. just kind of like gentle kind of wake up. Come Kick on, that motherfucker up. in like, the yeah. ribs. Yeah, darkness is about to win. Okay, you know, <laughs> like, stakes are high, and why are you falling asleep when stakes are this high? Frankly, exactly. Like that's just shameful. That. I never understood that. Luna doing that is like you know we've all had that friend who's like, oh, I can't pick it up. It's like, oh, you know, like you know that friend who's like, oh, I can't. I've got weak wrists. <laughs> no, we, we ha I'm sure we had some of those in high school. I um, dated that guy. It's <laughs> really annoying. <laughs> okay so my question is a little bit fun and a little bit obvious but i personally love all the costumes mm -hmm. everyone but are you um good lily or evil lily what are you wearing evil lily 100 percent. that to me as a kid like that was the outfit i wanted i was not all about her princess garb i was like oh my gosh this is the dress i loved that dress i loved that whole look as a kid and even I now i feel like i've seen you wear this i probably have <laughs> <laughs> one or more versions of something like this although watching it this time like it, it's one of those things I didn't notice as a kid. Like you see the seaming work, you see kind of the construction of the garment, you see how cheesy elements of it kind of are and shoddy. And I was like, oh, this was my moment. As a, I mean, that was the whole film was built around that look to me and to see it as really the costume that it was this time. Hmm, it's disappointing. My my favorite look is actually in between the two. I prefer ah. Evil Lily's dress. My favorite look is Lily in distress when she's running before she becomes Evil Lily. Mm -hmm. When the dress is all shredded up and her hair is all fucking wild. Like she looks good. Girl's looking good right there. Mm -hmm. Wild and on natural. Because I would have chosen Evil Lily if you asked me without my having seen it, I would have been like, obviously Evil Lily. But the makeup choice for Evil Lily this time around, somewhere between Klaus Nomi <laughs> and a goth that went to sleep in their makeup. And because, she like, has why? a unibrow. She has a unibrow. They gave a her unibrow. a unibrow, a widow's peak, <laughs> and it looks like she slept in her eyeliner because the wings <laughs> are aiming, aiming down. What the fuck? Like, I don't understand what happened there at all but the lipstick was was good that black lipstick that was perfect mm. but the rest of the makeup was a travesty 
Uh, in a movie with such extraordinary makeup. Yeah. No, 100% right. I, I didn't notice the unibrow ever before. And this time, like lots Why of time spent on that unibrow. I was like, what is that meant to achieve with her? No, Jack has a unibrow though. And he's, mm. but he's like a wild child. So it right. makes sense, right? Well, and she didn't have a unibrow as a princess. No. Like, maybe that's like bringing her to the beast. Mm. The beast side. Right, right. The hairier side. Yeah, right. <laughs> the black lily is the better look but i'm probably better off wearing princess lily because my breasts cannot <laughs> that plunge and oh they never God. have been able to i will never be able to wear a plunge dress like that like there's not oh, no you need one of those one of those bras that come up on instagram have you guys seen these things uh -huh. they look it's like a weird horseshoe that you like yeah <laughs> I don't even know how to, it's like a wired situation and it like suction <laughs> 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 cups to your tits from underneath somehow, but I'll... no, no, what, what but... age did we decide we were yesterday? 43? I don't know how old we are. Are we good at three, two, one? I don't know. I don't know. In my 43 years of life, do you know how many bra solutions I have attempted? Mm. So many, none of them fucking work none of them i do not have any faith in this horseshoe thing that you're trying to tell me so i've tried the things that go around your neck i've tried things that go around your arms and attach to your legs i've tried things that like you have to say a prayer before you do <laughs> like invisible fairies that carry you. none of it works for me i will have to go with the princess look i'll have to just be where it is because that plunge is never going to work with these as I've i just don't know if i would ever feel comfortable wearing something that deeply plunging period i mean and and i and i don't have the same issues as you do um i don't know if i could have that much of my like whole chest out while the rest of me was covered that would just feel so strange it would just feel so so weird it's a look though it's a look right you hear that he was not into it no <laughs> <laughs> i do have one more question mm. okay who is the hero at the end? Interesting. I mean, technically, I guess you kind of got to say Jack. And yes, he did vanquish darkness. You know, he earned it in that regard. But it's not like, you know, big hero moment, like, for example, in other films or, you know, this, yes, big vanquishing of evil, but it's not. He doesn't get his hero moment. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. So while he is technically the hero, I think he's not a hero in the classical sense and not entirely. That is a very yeah. namby-pamby answer and I apologize. No, no, it's fine. Cause it's actually, that's a really good question that you asking me because it is a little hmm. bit, it's a little bit ob obvious in what the film wants you to think, but also nebulous if you consider the arc and trials of these characters, right? So like Jack gets an outfit, Jack gets a sword. He magically knows how to use it. And he's got one mission, get his girlfriend back and make sure that the unicorns get their horn back. Cool. Right on, right on. Um, and we know he's been named as a champion, but if anyone went through more of a transformation, it would be Lily, no matter how much I find her annoying, right? She was an annoying little entitled brat who then goes to the castle and hustles the devil. Yeah, because- Fair point, fair point. 
she's at the dinner table and she's like, no, no. And she's all scared and shit. And then she like flip switches, right? And she's like, I want to kill the unicorn. And then like, she doesn't know Jack's hanging out right there. True, true. Right. Oh, anything has happened, but she does take responsibility for what she's done. And is like, instead of doing this, she's going to set the unicorn free. And she chooses to do that. And so hero might not be maybe like the right thing, because of course, then Jack comes in and, and has the sword fight in which he does a cartwheel. I just need to remind everyone that that happens. It's just oh, God. Movie. And darkness shrinks down to Tom Cruise size. Yes. He just takes off his shoes. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I'm sure you couldn't run in them anyway, but the, but yeah. darkness has spent the whole movie being towering and ginormous. And then he's relatively the same size as Jack. I mean, Lily's Lily's on it at the end of the film, I think, a bit. Mm -hmm. And she does switch. She kind of sacrifices her life because she knows that if she does this, he's going to kill her. Or her. swing yeah. his arm and not even touch her and, and she will exactly. fall down. Like, exactly. The that chasm between Hand and Lily, you know, was massive. <laughs> and and never mind the fact that he's holding the alicorn, which if you just like bippity boppity boo it in direction <laughs> like that shit just will burst into flame like he has also that true. and he's the devil darkness but he's got a weak bitch slap yeah the truth is, is there's no like real big thing that happens at the end that helps them vanquish him because i mean ultimately when they vanquish him it he kind of just falls into space and then he says a line like you can't have light without darkness so you're not really doing anything mm-hmm it's just a really weird ending. It, it kind of feels like they didn't know how to end it. So they were like, oh, let's put him out into space. That's what we're going to do in Alien 2. Or didn't they do that? He'd already done Alien. Okay, so is that how he died in the, he, the Alien died? In, in one of them, at least. Yeah. It's like I don't remember if it was the first one, but yeah. <laughs> it seems like that's what happened. Like they kind of muddled the end a bit. But I do think that, as Sasha said, Lily's the one who makes the big sacrifice and kind of goes through that transformation. Like Jack, the biggest thing he does is he doesn't shoot and kill Lily. He like trusts her. No, right. fa fair point. Fair point. Right. What I can see the argument. Me on this watch was um, are Nell and her husband still icicles? Do they come back? Are they fine? Like, does everything go back to normal? Yeah. Is, is Nell frozen in time or is she frozen to death? Hmm. We'll never know. Actually, Alex, do you know? Is it in the extended version? Yeah. Um, no, because you don't see Nell and her husband frozen in the extended version. What? Mm -mm. She doesn't go back to their house in the extended version. She's she's flailing about in the, the woods for a while longer. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she never goes back. Oh, no, excuse me. Excuse me. You, you do because you see uh, Blix and those come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and mess with the house. But Nell in that scene is not so paramount. And that's it's really upsetting weird. because other than... Yeah, because she's Una, basically forgotten. Instead, in, in, other than Una and, and our Meg, I guess there are a few female characters. It's not completely a sausage fest. <laughs> we've got Meg. Yeah, it's not like Labyrinth. Beth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Labyrinth yeah. is all boys except for the, the hag lady. Oh. Um, let's see if I've got anything else. Oh, legends can be now or never. 
There's that power ballad I was waiting for. It's like I love it just screaming in the woods. Please speak more into your microphone because it's missing, Sasha. I loved that song when I was younger and it's oh yeah. Oh, I remembered immediately as soon as I heard it. It was like, oh, yes, this song. I know all the words to this song, even though I had completely forgotten it existed. I, I completely with I, you. I love how the song ends, how it fades out, where it's like, so be good for goodness sake. They just like drag it out. She's <laughs> like, oh, my God, so 80s, so I, 80s. I will say that I do like the song, but it is not on my top list. Oh, definitely not. I mean, no, it's, it's no, the only no. song that could possibly close out Legends. So I don't yeah. know how you watched 113 minutes of Gak to not be rewarded by Brian Ferry screaming and shrieking in the woods like you just you were robbed. It, yeah. I was. I really was. I can't believe after all the rigmarole that y'all had to go through to find the real version that we know from our childhood. I still haven't seen the real version here. Like I could, whatever that green flash of light bullshit was, was not the version from our childhood. So I can't believe it. Now, now I feel like I need to find it, but I don't think I yeah. could handle a fourth view of legend. Well, it makes you wonder what else is different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I'm like, what, what, what were other things that I thought were weird that probably were? I mean, fuck. Ridley, this is what you've done to us because I'm, I like, I knew immediately that the version I saw wasn't the right one. But now mm -hmm. I'm questioning and it's just, this is not something you do to 45 year olds. Don't do this Ridley. Don't add no. age to us. That's not kind. Does it all the time. <laughs> but you don't have oh, to round up, bad. round down, if anything. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's just not necessary. Sasha, Sasha always makes comments on me. All right, all so. Time. Sometimes we're on here and she's like, I mean, now that I'm 40 and I'm like, bitch, you 43, don't even try to yeah. the same age. You know? <laughs> 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 no news since you were 15. I know how old you are. Okay, so we're going to have to do our um, um, final question for the evening. Okay. The final question for the evening is, on a transatlantic flight to visit Sasha in Los Angeles, are you going to watch Legend, Never The Legend of Zorro, <laughs> or The Legend of Billy Keen? Ooh. Okay, yeah, Legend, Never Again. Uh, probably the legend of, legend of Zorro because I'm a sucker for a sword fight. Uh, but second, the legend of Billie Jean because it has been truly eons since I saw that, and I might be intrigued. But I'd I'd go for the the fluff and the sword fighting first. Absolutely, I would do the same if I was in your position, Alex. Especially since you're, if you're talking about a flight from there to here, you're talking again that excruciating 113 minute version of Legend. Oh, yeah, you're trapped on a plane with nowhere to go. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, it's Absolutely. it's 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 an interesting experiment to watch it, but I wouldn't recommend it. Like as view, like it's interesting to watch to see all of the other crap 
that they did, uh, particularly after the set burnt down. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. But but otherwise, yeah, no, it is not worth sitting through. It is it will make you hate all of these characters and the film and the world and the minds that created them. It's yeah, I don't recommend it. <laughs> and the That's minds so harsh. that created them. No, truly. All right. I, I, I like even my first watching, I had to split in two because I was sitting there watching going, oh, God, it goes on for how much longer? I'm surprised you made it through. My thing is, is like any film, period, needs to respect the 80 to 90 minute mark that we grew up with. Mm. Like that, like late 70s, early yeah. 80s, you've got 80 minutes to tell a mm -hmm. story and no more. Right. And that's yeah. it. That's it. Like, I, yeah. I don't, I don't want to have to get my affairs in order to go to fucking movie. Like, you, you know, like, seriously, it's a lot. Seriously, <laughs> if it is, if it is not possible for me to hold my bladder for the, for the entire length of a film, like, you know, Avengers Endgame. Right. Like you right. go into that shit dehydrated <laughs> so you can actually sit through it and you don't consume liquids for hours and hours, you know. That's no, I mean, love the film, don't get me wrong, but like, yeah, I'm down for like one hour 30, one hour 45 tops, you know, you're out the door. Yeah, I don't understand what happened to filmmaking when everyone decided that every film they were making was Dr. Zhivago. Like, mm. what the fuck? What the fuck? This is Anchorman. Why is this longer <laughs> than 75 minutes even at the most? Well, truly. For fuck's sake. <laughs> You know, I love Legend. I will definitely be watching it again in my life. The American version, yeah. not the European version. I mean, I literally could not watch the European version. I like, it would have been very easy to just like suffer through it. I could not watch it because without Tangerine Dream, it mm. is not Legend. Mm -hmm. So I would watch Legend, but I would tell you, I will watch Legend of Billie Jean because that movie fucking rocks. And we will be reheating that on eating after midnight and mayhaps we'll have to have you back alex to watch it because it is amazing it's a feminist dream excellent we'll be doing it i love how we always with with alex it's always like okay we talked about this film we're gonna have to call you back for that one all right <laughs> season so that one and i would probably never watch i don't even think i've ever seen zorro i had zero interest I, I used to watch Zorro the TV Zorro. show religiously. Yeah. I was obsessed with Zorro as a kid. Yeah. Remember I had a dog I, named Zorro? I was too, actually. You had a dog named Zorro? Yeah, yes. a black dog named Zorro. Yes. Oh, wow. I do remember that. Oh, my God. Wow. I just, oh. you know, when you go back in time and you actually feel that, that's what just happened to me. <laughs> you feel the pull. <laughs> It looks like we've we've lived the legend of this, uh, like of this episode now. Wait, wait, wait. Thank you so much again, Alex, for joining us. And what we need to do, too, I didn't mention at the top because, of course, I assume that everyone listening to this has listened to every episode that we have recorded and paid absolute attention to every single thing we've said. Alex is a amazing voiceover talent and actress. Alex, oh. would you like to tell our audience what you've been up to lately or what you've got cooking? Oh, golly. 
Let's see, today I did some voiceover for a museum exhibition that's going to be going in. Last week I did some voiceover for a slot machine. Uh, <laughs> oh, Sasha, I see your face. Oh, yes, that's a whole genre, girl. And it's so much fun. Wait a so second. Right, wait, wait, wait. Explain this for a second. So, <laughs> machine, it's like I win, and you're like, you're a winner, baby. Like it's what? it's throughout the whole game, you know. So these games are super themed, you know, various things. I I you know I I don't want to say details about the game because I don't know when and where it's out, and and you know, uh, but I don't have an NDA or anything. But just to give you an example, like it's uh, so some themes will be like Cleopatra or you know. Uh, Oh, no, no, no. My mom's got one that she's obsessed with. I can't, it's called, I, it's not called Burger Time, but it's something that's fast yeah. food themed and she doesn't even care about gambling, but because the thing goes, woohoo, French fries, like that she is obsessed and wants to go to Vegas ah. just to hear the thing oh go, woohoo, French fries. Oh, wow. No, like I had to record like 64 lines. Oh, So for all God. the different levels, for the different bonuses, for the different wins, you know. That's amazing. Level three blah 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 you know and and this one they wanted very big very american in particular like for oh, the for the particular god. theme of this game so it was a lot of fun oh how awesome <laughs> so is, this, is like, this a game that's going to be here in the states or is this for a european distribution and that's why they were like big and american big no actually american. The, the, the client was in israel they they produce these <laughs> these games so this is going to be in casinos i guess all over the world oh wow I'm so excited. That's so cool. I love you know that. What? So what else is going on? Anything see. else what you'd else? like to tell? Uh, gosh, no, let's see. I'm doing a documentary narration later this month. Like oh. it's it, it, the problem, uh, it, it all sounds, uh, I mean, it's all very cool and it's all a lot of fun, but it's, you know, the, the brick and mortar of being a voice, voice actor is, you know, Kind of lots of these little random gigs in all uh -huh. of these different genres you know and at the end of the day you went okay so today i voiced a little boy bunny for an app and tomorrow i'm going to do a corporate narration for some mega oil company and so you know, awesome it's, it's a lot of fun i'm really lucky i really it's am so alex so cool. if any of our um, lovely listeners want to find you how can they Oh, uh, well, on various forms of social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, you can find me at the Alex Martin, Alex with an I. Um, you can find me at my website, www.alex-martin.com. Um, yes, or in various uh video games and casino games and commercials and and corporate narrations near you, I'm sure. So thank you all so very much for listening to our latest episode of Eating After Midnight. If you liked what you heard, please pop over to iTunes or whatever platform you listen to us on and leave us a review. You'd also make our day if you could follow us on Instagram at Eating After Midnight Podcast. And if you've got the time, DM us with any comments, questions, or complaints. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time. Remember y'all, legends are now and forever. There can be no darkness without light, and there can never be a reason to watch the 113-minute version of this film. Ripley! <laughs> so be good for goodness 
Say.